Steelers reportedly offered Le'Veon Bell a five-year deal worth $70 million, and it was front-loaded to pay him 33 mil over the first two years. Now, you might think Bell was nuts to not take that deal, and it would settle his future right now, and he'd stay put, and he'd be with a good team. And me, I would have taken that deal. Damn good deal. But barring a grievous injury, Bell will probably get more than that free agency. All it takes is one crappy team with a ton of cap space and desperation and wants to make a PR splash. That team will suck and Bell won't win and his stats will drop. But that's how all this is going to work out. Think New York Jets. In the meantime, the Steelers still have Bell for one more year. 16 more games. Or 10. Or 8. However many. This is the Mark Madden Show. If I had a dime for every time I turned on the radio and heard somebody more charismatic than me, I would have zero dimes. But a boom Smartest guy in the room. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or follow me on Twitter at Mark Madden X. I think Bell should have taken that deal. The Steelers tried. What they offered Lev Bell was enough. More than enough. Although Bell's agent says the offer reported was inaccurate and implied that the guaranteed money wasn't enough. Anyway, Bell wants more. Bell isn't to be blamed because wanting more is the American way. Don't get me wrong, Bell is mostly full of crap. Running backs aren't quarterbacks. They're not even wide receivers. I'm not even sure they're left tackles. The market dictates. Let me tell you. No, let me guarantee you. The Steelers will be just fine with whoever they get to replace Bell in 2019. And maybe it's time for a change. Because spending all that money on offense has resulted in a bad defense and in the Steelers underachieving as a team. The Steelers kind of convened that three amigos thing on offense in 2013 when Bell joined the team. Since then, they are three and four in the playoffs and have not made a Super Bowl. Maybe a change. And that includes a change of priorities. Maybe that will make the Steelers better. I keep hearing that Bell is one of the top five players in the league. I hear it on the B team. I hear it from callers. Top five player. Should have paid him. Top five player. But last season, Le'Veon Bell wasn't even close to that. And in 2015, when Bell got hurt and D'Angelo Williams had to start 10 games, that year, 2015, the Steelers were 16th in rushing and 8th in yards per attempt at 4.4. Last season, with Bell healthy, the Steelers were 20th in rushing and 25th in yards per attempt at 3.8. Bell isn't what you think he is. Not now, not anymore. So, Bell leaving could make the Steelers better. At any rate, we're going to find out because the Superstar Circus on and off, just has not worked. Excuse me, on offense, just has not worked. 
And I see people quoting regular season records. Well, look at their regular season record. Boy, is that what the Steelers are now? A regular season team? Is Pittsburgh now a regular season town? Because that's a big change in attitude and a big dip, if I do say so. I think a change is going to be good. Bell, Brown, Ben, it ain't worked. Ain't one bupkis with the superstar circus on offense. Uh, Now, this season, in some respects, it's just going to be a mess. It's going to be one constant distraction until Bell shows up whenever that might be. I don't expect Bell to show up until the very end of training camp, and that's fair. But Bell should tell the Steelers his timetable so the Steelers can prepare accordingly. Bell is under no obligation, none, but that's what I'd like to see him do. Uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN says that Bell's tentative plan is to skip training camp but not miss any games. I'm assuming the agent is the leak there. Going to talk about Lev Bell all day. This will be as close to a one-topic show as I do. Mark Cabali of TheAthletic.com, who insanely tweeted yesterday that James Conner could be a number one running back in the NFL. He joins me at 3.30. At 4.30, the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media, the great Stan Saverin. Uh, There's a lot of blame on Twitter. People blaming the Steelers. People blaming Lev Bell. But there's no real bad guy here. Bell wants what he wants. The Steelers just wouldn't give him that. Some imbeciles keep yelling, pay the man, pay the man. Because it sounds real good when you yell it. It's like Baba Booey or getting a hole at a golf tournament. But no matter what Bell's agent thinks, it just isn't that kind of position. Running back just isn't that important. Do I need to go over the names again? Because I will. Fournette, McCaffrey, Hunt, Kamara, Cook, Carson. You can draft a running back, and you can get legit quality on an entry-level salary. Kareem Hunt, Kansas City. Third-round pick last year, and he had a better season than Lev Bell as a rookie. The guy you get to replace Bell might not be as good as Bell, but he will be good enough. Uh, The home run derby was last night. I didn't watch. The MLB All-Star game is tonight. I won't watch. The ESPYs are tomorrow night. I won't watch. The American League pitching staff for the All-Star game tonight seems like it's mostly ex-Pirates. Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, Jay Happ, those guys were all on the 2015 staff that got disassembled in the name of Profit, and now they're all American League All-Stars and pitching better than they did here under the tutelage of Dr. Searich. There's like a a mini scandal brewing with the home run derby result, by the way. Because Bryce Harper beat Kyle Schwarber by one home run. And the rules say you can't throw the next pitch until the prior ball has landed. But the pitcher to Harper was cutting the corner. He was throwing him before the ball landed. You know who it was? It was Harper's dad. So a little cheating in the home run derby. But again, this is America. If you didn't cheat, you didn't try. Uh, We got, like I said, Kabali at 3.30.
He says James Conner can be a number one back. I got to hear that explanation. And then we got Stan Saverin at 430. The Bell situation is so ripe for lengthy discussion. Now that the figures have leaked what he was allegedly offered, uh, Bell's agent denies the accuracy, but he didn't correct it. He didn't say what was offered. So I do believe the report that Bell was offered a five-year deal worth 70 mil, and it was front-loaded to pay him 33 mil over the first two years. Now, was that 33 mil guaranteed? I've seen some report it was. I've seen mostly the report being ambiguous in that regard. But they're not going to cut Bell after one year of the contract. They're just not. If he signs that deal, he gets that 33 mil over the first two years. No way they cut him after the first year of the contract. I think he should have taken the deal. I would have taken the deal. And, of course, this could play out in the worst possible fashion for Lev Bell. He could blow out a knee or an ankle, get hurt badly in the upcoming season, and then teams would shy away. That is the risk he's taking. Will he get more than 70 mil over five years? He may well do. Will he get so much more than 70 mil over five years that it's worth taking that risk? I don't think so. I just don't. The big news today, the really big news, is that Liverpool are on the verge of getting a real-class goalkeeper. Allison from Roma and Brazil, a record bid made, uh, 60-some million for a goalkeeper, to which I can only add, oh, Allison, my aim is true. Uh, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. You know what? I'm going to be curious about a training camp, and I won't witness it because I never go and will never go. And if I'm told to go, I'll quit my job. But what do the running backs at training camp feel like and do? Connor and Ridley, because no matter how hard they work, Toussaint, but he stinks. No matter how hard they work, no matter how crisp the execution may be, the guy's going to walk in after the last exhibition and start in the opener at Cleveland week one. What's that do to your work ethic if you're Connor and Ridley? Normally, I think hard work is its own reward, but maybe not in this case. And one thing we'll talk about, too. And I think too big a deal is made out of this, but it's definitely a factor. It's definitely a concern. It is different to block for Bell than it is for Connor or Ridley. Bell has that hesitation, and that's something that requires a rhythm. And that's why Bell missing training camp is a bigger deal for him and for the Steelers than it would be for a lot of teams and a lot of running backs. Up next, I'm going to talk about the Steelers fans and their apparent attitude toward Bell not signing. A lot of Steeler fans seem to think it's good that the Steelers dodged the bullet. What do you think? 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You're like, what the hell? Hey, Mark. Hey, what? Super genius, big fan. It's Ringling Brothers time. DX at 105.9. Lev Bell has one more year as a Steeler, and that's it. 
He's gone. Joining me now to discuss, he covers the Steelers for the Athletic.com. It's Mark Cabali. Uh, Mark, you said on Twitter yesterday that James Conner could be a starting back in the NFL. Where is the evidence to suggest that? Well, just over the, the summer, you see it very – you can really see it So see it during the summer when he uh, – during the OTAs and the mini camp. Uh, he's changed his body composition, something fierce, where he actually looks like a running back right now. Trust me, I was the least fan of James Conner, the draft pick, and the ability of being more than just a, a role player last year. This year is different. He changed his body style. He got stronger. Then on the field, you can see that is transitioned into speed. His hands are good. He has some breakaway speed. I think another year, and last year was just basically a wash, too. He missed all of the spring practices with injury. He missed nine or ten practices in training camp with a shoulder injury. Then he tore his knee up the last month. That's a wash. He stays healthy. I think he's on the right track of getting a a good look at this uh, training camp right here. Stay healthy. Show you can be it. He might be the option where I feel a lot more comfortable just looking at him this year saying, you know what, this guy looks like a running back. He looks like what I've seen across the league here, what running backs look like, how they look, how they run. So saying that, but obviously he has to stay healthy. He has to produce in these preseason games to even have a chance. He has this small, small window here of about five weeks in his training camp to, to absolutely convince the Steelers that, hey, this might be the guy. I think he has a shot. Well, right now, though, do you think the Steelers see Connor as the potential successor to Bell, or do you think they're assuming they'll have to draft somebody top three rounds next year? I don't even know if they're really thinking about that right now. I think they're just very focused on this year. Let's get through this year. Le'Veon's with us. There's nothing we can do about it now anyways. There's nobody on the free agency market. We're not going to go out and get anybody uh, you know, drafted until next April. Let's see how he progresses through the season, and let's uh, make our decision come the end of the year, see if we have to move forward. So I honestly don't even think that they're looking at this right now. I think they know that they have a guy right now who can – Looks like he could fill in if Le'Veon Bell decides to, you know, have an injury or miss a significant point of time. That's the biggest issue right now. I don't think they're looking long term quite yet. Now, how do the Steelers prepare their offense without Bell at camp? How hard is it to practice uh, for what he does when he's not there? Well, I don't think I, I'm not a big proponent of a ton of work and training camp for a guy like that. Should he be there? Yes. He should be, you know, for nothing more than moral support. Everybody else has to sit out there for four weeks and sweat their butt off and go through this garbage and sit in these terrible dorm rooms and back hurts, whatever. He needs to be out there. I would be fine if he just came out there, run some individuals, run some non-contact plays, uh, no preseason games. Adrian Peterson was notorious for that. He didn't take a preseason snap in four or five years for his, uh, you know, in his heyday. So I see, I only, even if he did show up, it's not like he was going to get many snaps anyway. So I think they're used to how they prepare for, for stuff like that. The last time he was there was what, two years ago? I think he took about 15 preseason snaps. So I don't think it's a big deal when it comes to that. They, they want to get a better look at Jay, you know, Samuels and Connor and stuff like that. But you need to come in. I think the, the, the smart thing for Le'Veon, which obviously he's not going to do, is once training camp breaks after that second preseason game, come into the south side, 
start working now, you got about zero chance of getting hurt right there. So, but obviously he's not going to do that. What's it like for the O line at camp in, in the exhibitions? How different is it to block for Bell as opposed to Connor or, or say Ridley? And I know what you mean. He's not going to take snaps in exhibitions, even if he was under contract. But it's got to be a different dynamic for those guys. Yeah, they went through it last year, so I mean it's the same guys. Well, yeah, and Bell started out really slow. Yeah, I mean, he played some good defenses early, too, though. That Minnesota defense was really, really good. That Browns defense was not bad uh, stopping the run either. No, Chicago actually wasn't a bad defense either, I don't believe. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just holding blocks a little bit longer, stuff like that. I mean, you can get really up to speed with offensive linemen uh, really easily when the when a guy like that comes on. It's not like they're changing scheme or changing anything like that. I mean, they're basically... You know, sometimes they're a multiple team. I mean, sometimes they run outside zone. Sometimes they run inside zone. I don't think it varies very much in their uh, what they want to do. It's just maybe holding on to that block an extra second longer because uh, Le'Veon's going to, you know, be a little bit deliberate with his cut while a guy like Connor's just going to try to put one foot in the ground and take off. Now, I think Bell should have taken that deal because who knows what could yeah. happen in a year. What's your take? I don't think it's. Yeah, he probably should have taken it. I don't know what else he's going to look for. He's betting on himself. I mean, hey, Darrell Revis did that for about seven years, and he made himself a lot of money by thinking, hey, well, let's take a one-year deal and let's go somewhere else and make some more money. I'm not going to get hurt. And that's the way he's looking at it. But I don't know how much more money he's going to get on the open market. I'm sure it's going to be you know, decent amount, but when you put it, you take into account – where you're going to, you know, if you're going to free agency market next year, you know the guys that typically have the money are the teams that typically stink. So the top two teams that have the most cap money are the Colts and the Browns next year. I don't know if you really want to you know, go there. So it's going to be hard to dictate where you want to go. If there's only two or three teams that uh, are interested in your services. Uh, well, that can afford your services at the yeah. price you're dictating. Yeah, because you're, you're going to have to go to a team that probably doesn't have a an established quarterback who's making that Ben Aaron Rodgers money, you know, the twenty five to thirty million dollar range, because you can't just, you know, put that money you only you don't have an endless amount of money. So there's gonna to have to be some holes when you're running back who they normally pencil in from if you're a good guy, you know, a good one, anywhere eight million dollars or whatever, and all of a sudden you're doubling that and not more than that, then it's gonna hurt somewhere else, you know, so I guess unless you're the Browns, but because they got about sixty million in cap space. Now, uh, how much did the Steelers guarantee in that offer to uh, Bell Kaboom? Because that's a point of uh, conjecture and debate. Uh, the agent implied that the guarantee was the big problem. Yeah, and uh, that's obvious. Well, I mean, when you throw out that number seventy million dollars, which he even. Did, you know, said that was not true. That really doesn't matter. It's always about the guarantee. And, and we'll never really know of what the true guarantee number was. But we do know this for the fact of this, what the Steelers do in the past. They don't guarantee anything past the first year, mostly, you know, anything. They'll do a, you know, roster bonuses here and there, maybe a year or two. And the, the most, the largest ones that they ever given guarantees were to Roethlisberger, I think was $30 million. You know it's not going to go anywhere near that. And Antonio Brown, which was really only $19 million of guarantee over that first year. So you would have to imagine 
just by that, it would be anywhere between, you know, 19 and $25 million. Uh, I think Bell wants obviously a lot more than that, but not only the more than that, I think he wants guarantees through two, year two, three, and four. So if something happens, I mean, who knows? You can write anything in the contract. You can say if I, you know, even if I get cut, I get paid. You can do the guarantee. If I get suspended, uh, whatever. You can write basically anything into there. Right, he wanted a, a big guarantee, and he wanted to get that money no matter what happened. Yes, and plus he wanted guarantees past one year. I mean, if the Steelers probably would have guaranteed stuff that spread out over a year or two, but you get that chunk early on. But he wants guarantees when he's 28, 29, 30. Steelers don't do that. I'm sure that some desperate team next year will do that. So that's why. We're talking to Mark Cavalli from TheAthletic.com here on 105.9 The X. Bell wants 17 mil per season. That's what you hear. Will he get that in free agency after this coming season? What What's the biggest figure he can hope for? Will he get I, that? I think I think he will. I mean, like I said, you look at any of the free agencies over the past years, and that first day, that free agency frenzy, you see, you see astronomical numbers for guys that are not very good. Last year, Sammy Watkins comes to mind. 16 million bucks for uh, a year. For a guy that was terrible, I mean, he's not very good at all. I know he's a different position, but, I mean, you look at that, you look at guys like Allen Robinson, who was coming off a knee injury, getting $14, $15 million a year. So saying that, I think it's a very good possibility of it, uh, him getting you know $17 million, a lot of it guaranteed. You know, so you only need one team out there, and that's the thing. And I think that was the thing that's overlooked here. He's never really been able to – estimate his value out there because the Steelers placed the exclusive tag on him both two years. They did that on purpose. They've never done that before. They've never used the exclusive tag. They did that on purpose so he couldn't go out and solicit other teams and say, you see, they're going to pay me $20 bucks. so my value is that. So I think that was one of the bigger problems of why it never got done. Now he can go out and see how much he's worth, and I think he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid decent money because now he gets 30 teams fighting for his services. You can just keep going back and forth and say, ah, they offered more, they offered more. Definitely think he's getting his money. When do you expect Bell to show up? And what's his attitude going to be like when he uh, gets to the Steelers? Well, we can just look at what last year. First of all, I think his agent did confirm that the plan is to show up week one. They'll show up that Monday of Labor Day, take part in practice on the Wednesday and play Cleveland just like they did last year. Uh, he's going to take some ribbon from the offensive line. I know that. But, you know, that, that's easily forgot. I mean, that's forgot really quick, forgot really quickly. And you saw it last year. As long as he reports before the season, I don't think there's any issue. If it would have went into the regular season, now where you're affecting 53, 52 other guys, that's where it becomes a problem. I don't think Bell's, you know, dumb enough to be able to, you know, do that. He knows that he has to have those guys on the entire team on his. These guys know that maybe not to this point, but they will be in a situation like this at one point. They know it's about the money, and they know what he has to do. But when it starts affecting the team is when it's an issue. I don't think it will be any problem whatsoever. The question is, if you get down to, you know, week 14 and all of a sudden you got a little bit of a sore toe, do you say, you know, I don't want to play. That's where it becomes a problem. Well, in that vein, is Bell going to touch the ball 400 times? Will the Steelers want that, and will Bell want that? 
I don't think Bell has any say so in it because I don't think if, if that toe gets sore, he might. <laughs> well, that would be very evident, very because he's out there all the time. So if he's all of a sudden, uh, you know, limping around or whatever, pretending like it's an energy, I, I don't think that will happen. You got to look at those guys in the locker room, and that you'd have to be very, very tough to be able to, you know, look at those guys and know that you're sandbagging it and. Just for a couple extra bucks, so I don't think that would happen whatsoever. Uh, how would you rate Bell season last year? Was it more about mm. quantity than quality? Because his yards per carry, for example, dropped by almost a full yard. You have to, you have to put it in a different scope. I think I think you have to say how it affects everybody else. I know he had a good number number wise after that week three. I think he put up, you know, more than 100 yards rushing the game over the final whatever part of the season. I think what it does is creates mismatches so much that helps other guys out. You can't just line up anybody on defense because they can always just, you know, check to him. Ben can tell him to go out in the pass pair and all of a sudden you got a, a middle linebacker trying to cover Le'Veon Bell. That does not work. So they have to keep their defenses a little bit more vanilla, which helps the run game, which it didn't very much last year, but it helps the passing game as well. So when you you look at his numbers, you say, yeah, those numbers are spectacular. He makes a lot of plays, but it has to be how he affects everybody else around him as well because um, you have that guy, if, especially this year too, because Le'Veon Bell took a lot of that middle stuff where Vance McDonald or tight ends weren't there. They weren't very consistent. If you now have Le'Veon Bell there with a tight end that can catch the ball, all of a sudden that opens that up a little bit more. So he's, I mean, hey, he's, if anybody's worth the money, it would, I would say that it's him. I mean, just because the market dictates it, says that you're not worth the, it, the position's not worth the money, I always say, what would you rather have right now on your team? Le'Veon Bell for $15 million bucks or Devontae Adams, the wide receiver from Green Bay, for 15 I don't think too many people say Devontae Adams. It's just weird how that works, though, that the running back position, oh, you're a running back? Uh, you're not worth that. Well, you know, Stephon Tewitt's worth $60 million bucks. I'll say Stephon Tewitt's no good, but Le'Veon Bell's pretty good, too. Nobody blinks an eye about giving him $60 million bucks. Kaboom, great stuff. We'll talk again soon, I hope. All right, Double M. That's Mark Cavalli. Check out his work. He's got a good story up on James Conner right now at theathletic.com. I'm Mark Madden. All Lev Bell all the time. Don't forget Greta Van Fleet. Finally, uh, in town at Stage AE tomorrow night. Can't wait to see that show. 105.9 yet. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark? Yes? I have a crush on you. What a gutless bitch the Hebrew hammer is. We keep it real. What a bubblehead. <laughs> DX at 105.9. Uh, here's a factor in Lev Bell's impending departure that hasn't been much considered. You wonder if Bell just wants to go somewhere and be the number one guy. Maybe Bell just got tired of A.B. making more and getting more attention and getting more endorsements. It's one thing when the quarterback is top dog, but when you're third on the total pole behind the quarterback and Wide receiver, I mean, money is the primary factor here, but I bet notoriety, being the number one guy wherever Lev Bell goes next, I bet that's a factor too. Uh, here's a tweet from Ross Tucker, who does a football show on SiriusXM. First five callers to my show this morning 
all Steelers fans who are thrilled that Le'Veon Bell didn't sign a long-term contract and think the team dodged a huge bullet. Can't say I was expecting that, but I have to agree. I think a lot of Steeler fans do feel that way. I'm not sure why. It's not your money. But the timetable for great running backs and hitting that wall and the visible decline in Bell last year that few seem to want to acknowledge, I don't know if dodging a bullet is the term I'd use, but the Steelers offered all they could and maybe more than they should to the number three guy in their offense. We forget that, too. Bell was the tertiary weapon. Bell and Antonio Brown are both much more important. Again, look at 2015 without Bell. The Steelers had a better rushing attack with D'Angelo Williams then than they did with Bell this past season. Those are the numbers. Bell's yards per carry dipped from 4.9 in 2016 the 4.0 in 2017. Those are the numbers. I'm just tired. I didn't like it when Bell's agent said the Steelers tried to pay the position and not the player. That's a crock. Okay, running backs just aren't as important. The best right guard in football, well, that's DeCastro. Yeah, he's on the right side. I need to watch more closely. Yeah, DeCastro on the right. Uh, It just isn't as important as the fifth or sixth best left tackle, let alone the 12th or 13th best quarterback and wide receiver. Maybe the running back should form their own union, separate of the NFLPA. That's what Bell and his agents seem to want. If that happens, then start playing football without running backs. Vince Williams said, excuse me, Vince, he tweeted, outside of the money, fame, and all the drama, we really do have a close locker room. We roast the ones we love. Okay, I don't know what that means, but I do know that Lev Bell won't set foot in that close locker room until after all y'all done sweated a lot and hit a lot and done a lot of hard work at Latrobe and played a bunch of exhibition games as well. 412-333-9939. Uh, I do think that the Bell contract, now that we know what was offered, that's a nice thing to add on to yesterday's uh, non-agreement reached by Bell and the Steelers. I do think we'll keep talking about it all day long. It uh, Well, it's perfect timing because nothing's going on in sports. I was right. The caster went right guard. Foster left. That's one of those things. You watch the games, you're trying to think, okay, where do I see? And then you're thinking, I better look it up. But uh, I think this is a topic that's not going to go away until he shows up, and maybe not even then. I do think, though, to repeat what I said in the first segment, and I'm sure you agree with this, I think that Bell should let the Steelers know when he intends to show up and then stick to that. Give them a timetable so they can plan for when he arrives and what to do before he arrives. Uh, good, good, good point somebody brought up on Twitter. James Conner in particular, if, if you're a romantic like Cabali and thinks he can be the number one running back, he needs to impress in camp and in the exhibitions. Not for this year, but 
as a currency to use at the start of next year. Although I can't imagine they would think of him as Bell's replacement. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine them not drafting a back in the first three rounds. And yeah, maybe have a competition of sorts at camp, but I can't picture Connor being number one next year uh, in the Steelers' backfield. Let's go to Mike in the car. Mike, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, I have a, a thought I want to get your opinion on. Assuming the Steelers were going to pay him $33 million over the first two years, 14 this year, from what I understand, it's $21 million next year to cap him, or to franchise him, rather. It's $35 million. It's right about the same amount of money. I think a lot of people are assuming he's gone after this year, but if they, you know, they're only He's gone after this year. Anything else? No, nah, that's it. Okay, bye. Once again, my new, my new gimmick, if somebody comes up with something that's just implausible, Nope. Let's go to Mark in the car. Mark, you're on with the super genius. Double M, love the show. Right. Hey, I, I think they need to let him go. What do you mean, yeah. let him go? And I, let, hey, come free agent. What do you mean, let him go? Do you mean, like, pull the offer and let him go now? No. Whenever, let him do what he wants to do this season, and when free agency comes, he's gone. You yeah, know, that's I, exactly what is going to happen. Exactly well, what is going to happen. What they need to do. That's what they need to do. Well, that's convenient because that's exactly what is going to happen. Well, two dolts calling the lead off. Let's go to Scott and Scott Township. Scott, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Um, first of all, I just want to say I agree with you. I don't think either uh, Lev Bell or the Steelers are really at fault here. Um, you know, it's kind of just it is what it is. No, if you can't um, make a deal, you can't make a deal. No, but – uh. I just think Bell more or less is overvaluing himself uh, just because, like you said, the running back position is definitely less valuable compared to either a quarterback or wide receiver. And uh, you know, even in, in Green Bay, Ty Montgomery was a wide receiver who became a running back, but Lev Bell is pretty much the closest thing to a wide receiver playing running back. That's just not true at all. Goodbye. Three idiots. The three dumb men call. Lev Bell's a wide receiver playing running back. No, he's a running back that's a pretty good receiver. Dear God, do better. You guys that just called, do better. You callers calling later, do better. Up next, Cabali. He'll do better. 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Uh, hi, Mark. Sorry. I'm talking to my son. Um, no one cares at all. No one. The X at 105.9. Uh, people got mad when the NFL players took a knee on the sideline. The right did in particular. So let me ask you, did it bother you when the president took a knee in Helsinki? And Putin said, hey, while you're down there, it does me no good to talk about this. I've never seen a president put his country second before. I've just never seen that. And all you make America great again people who supported Trump, what happened in Helsinki did anything but make America great. He should be ashamed and you should be ashamed of him. On a lighter note, the Open is this week. That's the British Open. Tiger won't win, but we'll pretend like he had a chance. That's pro golf hype these days in a nutshell.
Former Steeler Gabe Rivera died. He was 57. Rivera was a defensive lineman and the Steelers' first-round pick in 1983. But during his rookie year, he was driving drunk and wrecked his car and got paralyzed from the neck down. So his NFL career was over after just six games. The Steelers took Rivera with the 21st pick. Miami took Dan Marino with the 27th pick. How the Steelers passed up the hometown quarterback, Central Catholic and Pitt, who had a tremendous resume, and with Bradshaw just about done, that is a mystery to this day. Imagine Bradshaw passing the baton to Dan Marino. What might have happened? I know there were rumors floating around back then that Marino did a lot of blow. But I'll tell you, Dan's a year younger than me. Graduated from Pitt a year after I did Duquesne. He was at a bunch of parties at Duquesne I was at. I never saw any evidence of cocaine. Now, one thing that did happen, one of my fraternity brothers on my frat's floor got all drunk and ripped the uh, fountain out of the wall, the water fountain. So we got built for that, and I come up with the idea. Dan Marino was at that party, which he was. Let's say Dan Marino did it, and then the university will go to Pitt, and Pitt will just pay for the fountain rather than have any Dan Marino acting drunk and disorderly at a party scandal. And it worked. It worked. We didn't get in trouble. I hate to think that I cost Dan Marino coming to the Steelers that he dropped in the draft because he stood accused of ripping a water fountain out of a wall, but uh, hey, we weren't going to pay for it. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Uh, so a shame about Gabe Rivera. Other people are dying. I guess they always do. But Massa Saito died earlier this week. He was a wrestling legend in America and Japan. And Ray Emery died. He drowned, the former goalie. Uh, Saito was right in my early 80s wrestling wheelhouse. Tag team champs in WWE with Mr. Fuji, Fuji and Saito. Uh, I wrote a blog on Saito yesterday. Check it out at the X website. Saito once beat up a McDonald's. Pac-Man beat up an airport. Saito beat up a McDonald's. True story. So check out that blog. Also, I got audio posted on my blog of the new song by Greta Van Fleet. And also a video of two recent live performances at radio stations. Unfortunately, we're not getting that. We should have tried harder. Should have tried harder to get GVF in here. Would love to have seen them up close and personal, but I will see them tomorrow night at Stage AE. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Before we'll have Bell talk in a moment, does anybody think for one second, one second, that Lev Bell is going to miss games this season when he's getting 909 k per game? Now, if I got paid 909 k per show, I'd do two shows a year. That'd suit me just fine. 1059 X.